Hey there, everyone. This is Greg Schutz here for ReadyForTheDraft.com and Ready for the Draft podcast. Podcast series coming to an end. Why? Well, the NFL draft is set to begin tomorrow, April 26th. That's right. First round, prime time, Thursday, April 26th in Arlington, Texas, Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium. I'll tell you what. You know, I'm I've been putting in some some long hours, some late nights, trying to put everything together uh, to get a couple podcasts in here just before uh, the start of the NFL draft. I wanted to go ahead and break down some of the the uh, team needs there for the remaining uh, seven divisions. I know we covered the NFC East in uh, the last episode, so I wanted to make sure that I get ahead, go ahead and get all the other uh, divisions covered. But a couple of things, you know, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, all the talk about Baker Mayfield at the top of the draft with with Cleveland, that now he is definitely in consideration for the first overall pick. And uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, maybe I was just ahead of the head of the game, you know, and, and everyone else was catching up to me. I had Baker Mayfield as my number one overall pick in my first mock draft on January 24th. And, uh, you know, I, you know, now I think people are, are really starting to warm up to the idea that Baker Mayfield is a guy who can come in and change a losing culture there in Cleveland. Is it going to happen? No. You know, I think this is really more of a smokescreen than anything else. I think the Browns looking possibly to see if someone will, will trade up, someone that's looking for uh, one of the other quarterbacks. Um, you know, what's interesting too, is if they're talking about Baker Mayfield as a potential, uh, number one overall pick, then, you know, it makes you wonder Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, three quarterbacks. And if they, you know, if John Dorsey has a similar grade on all three of the quarterbacks, then, you know, it makes you wonder if maybe the number one overall pick is actually Saquon Barkley. You know, and then you take the the quarterback that's left out of those three. If you really can't decide between the three, and you know that you're not going to be able to get Saquon Barkley at number four, given the fact that the Giants are probably going to go after him, and you, if you figure that one of the quarter, two at least one of the quarterbacks will come off the board, uh, the, the Jets likely taking, you know, in in that scenario, you're probably seeing them take, uh, you know, more than likely, um, you know, probably. Either Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, one of those two. Um, I think the Giants would end up taking uh, Sam Darnold at that point, um, possibly Bradley Chubb. You know, and that's really one of the X factors. There is, is Bradley Chubb could help the Giants. He could help the Jets. He could help Cleveland. Um, you know, so it's really going to be interesting. You know, I think there are some teams that might need a bet, you know, quarterback. You know, more so than the Giants. You know, the the Dolphins. You know, are in play. Um, if they they're worried about the health of, of Ryan Tannehill, you know I, I think uh, obviously the the Buffalo Bills are in play. The Bills could look to trade up. Um, they're they're looking to possibly get Josh Allen, Josh Rosen as a possibility, maybe even Lamar Jackson. And then don't forget about uh, Arizona. You can't sleep on the Cardinals. They've got Sam Bradford. They have uh, uh, Mike Glennon. You know neither one of them are long term options. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, in the first five, six picks. Um, I think, you know, this is one draft where you really don't know what's going to happen at the top of the draft. That's really going to set the tone for the rest of this draft. So I can't be more excited. Again, my top five picks are still Sam Darnold, number one overall, number two, 
Saquon Barkley. Number three, uh, Baker Mayfield. Number four, uh, Bradley Chubb. And then number five, Josh Allen. Um, I think those are the top five picks. You know, take your pick in terms of, of what order um, that's going to be in. But I think those are, you know, uh, the, the, the top five you know picks that should be coming off the board. So as I said, I wanted to go ahead and take a look at um, some of the team needs across all of the, the remaining divisions. We covered the NFC East in Episode 5. So here for Episode 6, let's go ahead and kick off the AFC East. New York Jets have six picks in the draft, just two uh, in the first two days. Um, obviously, the need is at quarterback, you know, 38-year-old Josh McCown. Yes, he was a pleasant surprise a season ago, um, over 3,000 yards passing, completing 67% of his passes, uh, you know, two-to-one touchdown interception ratio in 13 games with the Jets. Not the long-term answer. Yes, they did bring in Teddy Bridgewater, um, played exactly one game in the last two seasons following that uh, ugly knee, uh, knee injury that he had that nearly ended his career. Uh, he was also signed to a one-year deal. Jets trade up to number three overall for a reason. They have to be targeting the quarterback. You, know, you look at Baker Mayfield, he has the personality for New York, and uh, you know they've been looking for the next Joe Namath. You know, could Baker Mayfield be the next Broadway Joe? I think at the end of the day, he's the pick. Another need is, is a pass rusher. Again, something to think about. You know, I brought this up in the last episode. Could the Jets be moving up to number three overall to target Bradley Chubb? You know, it would be an ultimate smoke dream to have everyone thinking it was a quarterback. Chubb's an elite pass rusher, and the Jets finished uh, 26th in the league with just 28 sacks. Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach. Wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Uh, just kind of putting that out there. Um, they only have one second-day uh, second pick. Uh, so that could be used on Kansas defensive end uh, Dorrance, uh, Dorrance Armstrong. They could also wait for day three, possibly Tyquan Lewis out of Ohio State, uh, Jeff Holland out of Auburn, or even Florida State's Josh Sweat, depending on how that knee checks out. Uh, receiver. You know, the, the Jets have a lot of receivers on the roster. They have Quincy Anunwa, um, you know, Jermaine, Jermaine Curse, Robbie Anderson, Terrell Pryor. Devin Smith, Ardarius Stewart, Chad Hansen. But who's the number one wideout in that group? I think uh, either the third, third or fourth round, you'll target a, you'll see the Jets target uh, another receiver. You, know, you look at Notre Dame's Equinemia St. Brown, UCLA's Jordan Lasley, Traquan Smith, the UC, uh, UCF. All of these guys ran in the 4.48 to 4.5 range, all are 6'1 or taller. Uh, St. Uh, Brown actually measures in at 6'5. All three of those guys could be weapons on the outside. Could they develop into a number one? You know, I think it's obviously too early to tell, but uh, they all have uh, have decent speed. They have good size uh, on the outside. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule out a, a receiver sometime on uh, on on day two. You know, if you look at the offensive line, you know, Brandon Shell lined up at right tackle, but there's a need for someone on the roster roster to push him for playing time. You know, you look at uh, Jerron Christian of, of Louisville. I think he could be the guy early, excellent length, 35-inch arms. And then uh, a guy late could be NC State's uh, Will Will Richardson, another guy with excellent arms, you know, uh, arm length, uh, 35 and a quarter inch. You know, he's 6'6", 306. I think he could definitely be a factor late. Has few uh, future uh, right tackle starting potential written all over him. And then finally, the cornerback position. Jets land in Pro Bowl uh, corner Tremaine Johnson in free agency. Brought Morris Claiborne back on a one-year deal. Uh, Buster Scrine is, is uh, you know, back 
as a slot corner. Made a deal for Richard Robinson, who struggled with off-field uh, off-field issues. Made that deal in October. Promptly arrested for a marijuana procession in in December. Um, so his future is is kind of cloudy. You know, so there's another corner that's definitely needed. Uh, LSU's Dante Dante Jackson may be avail- available in round three, but I think uh, Tavares McFadden of uh, Florida State will be a nice fit on the outside. He could actually be there on the fourth. Uh, ran a four six seven forty. Um, you know, but he's big. He's physical. I think he does well in in press coverage. Can turn and and really pin a receiver to the sideline. I just worry about him in off coverage. Um, and and he can he's so aggressive. He'll go for the go for the fake, and uh, can get beaten deep as a result. So those are the Jets, and, and where I kind of see where the Jets are going to be going. Let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. They have eight picks. Uh, one in the first, one in the second, and one in the third. Um, you know, the Dolphins, they, they, the question is, is the health of, of Ryan Tannehill, um, you know, coming back from his second ACL injury. Um, you know, they said that he's ahead of schedule, uh, in his recovery. Um, he's expected to be back. So, you know, there's a chance that the Dolphins could be looking at, you know, someone like Baker Mayfield. I think his, um, charisma and personality would be a great fit with Adam Gase. Um, but you know, if that's not the option, if they don't end up trading up, if they are going with Tannehill, they still need somebody as a backup, um, you know, to really challenge Brock Osweiler for that backup slot. Washington State's Luke Falk, um, cerebral quarterback, does a great job going through his progressions, making quick decisions. Gase run, you know, runs uh, an offense with West Coast concepts. I think that'd be a good fit for Falk. Um, probably coming off the board, third round range. Um, I think if you look at the Dolphins, um, you know, there's a need to find a replacement for Indomitian and Sue up front. You know, I have Washington's Vita Vea coming off the board here. You know, the, the Dolphins finished uh, 26th in the league in sacks uh, as well. And I think, you know, Vea can not only take up space in the running game, but he offers some pass rush ability as well. You know, I think he's, he's stout at the point of attack, uh, but that lateral quickness and, and a burst off the ball is, is really surprising for a guy his size. Um, at the tight end position, you know, you look at Julius Thomas, huge bust which was why he was released. Um, you know, that leaves a, a crop of, of unproven tight ends on the roster at a playmaker. You know, you look at someone like, like Mike Kosicki out of Penn state, if he ends up falling to round two, uh, otherwise I think you're looking at possibly South Carolina's uh, Hayden Hurst. Um, that'll give, you know, Tannehill a target up the seam. Um, you know, linebacker has always been a position that, uh, that the Finns have been needing. I've been clamoring for outside linebacker help for years. Uh, right now you're looking at Kiko Alonso and, and Stefana Anthony lining up, but uh, I think depth is definitely needed and they should be pushed for playing time. Uh, Memphis's Jernard Avery, I've been talking about him quite a bit on my podcast. I think he's someone who is a sleeper. Um, he may fall to day three, but he could very well end up being a, a third round pick. Uh, they could also opt for a guy like Fred Warner out of BYU. He played kind of that linebacker safety hybrid with the Cougars. Um, you know, and I think that there's, um, you know, that's going to be a, a question with what the Dolphins are going to do at that safety position. So a nice little segue here. Uh, Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, very much the same player. They need a, a center fielder on the back end. So, you know, TJ McDonald could potentially slide in and, and be that hybrid linebacker safety um, Mika Fitzpatrick, if he falls to number 11, I think we get a lot of, uh, get a look there. Jesse Bates of, uh, of, of Wake Forest could be a day two option as a center fielder. 
and then expect Marcus Allen of Penn State to be a guy uh, for them to look for on, on day three. Not so much of a of guy that plays in the box, but somebody who I think could be a, a center fielder. He just needs to make sure that he's uh, you know coming up and, and not just allowing all those plays in front of him. Buffalo Bills, they've got nine picks. And you look at it, two firsts, two seconds, two thirds. You know that they're going to be looking to package some picks, move up, get their quarterback. Yes, A.J. McCarron is the starter, but he's just a stopgap. Package some of those nine picks, move in, you know, move up in the draft, and uh, land a quarterback that you're looking for. You know, maybe it's the fourth quarterback off the board, which I think is going to be Josh Rosen. Uh, they could opt to, to stay put and see if Lamar Jackson's going to fall, but you know you, that you run the risk of uh, Arizona possibly trading ahead of you. So I think what they they should be doing it would really behoove them to to trade with Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. You know, Chris Ballard is looking to potentially trade back. I think uh, you know I've been saying this: the Colts would be able to still address their defensive line that only. Um, Registered 25 sacks, and they'll also be able to address their offensive line, which gave up 56 sacks um, if they were to trade back. So I think that does make a lot of sense for the Bills. Um, they also ha- need help at, at offensive guard. You know, they they lost uh, you know, Richie Incognito to retirement. So, you know, Will Hernandez of, of UTEP could definitely be an option if they keep that pick. You know, if they were to trade it, then you know you could expect Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia to, to get a, a look in the second round. Um, you know Billy Price or, or James Daniels could potentially be options to take over for the retired Eric Wood. Um, you know if they want to wait around until round three or four, Frank Ragnall would be a nice pick. Um, he's definitely intelligent, has a chance to be an immediate starter. Keep in mind they they did bring in Russell Bodine. Um, you know who had a pretty good season. I think Pro Football Focus had him rated as like the eighth or ninth center in the league but uh he's someone where his play has kind of fluctuated up and down yes he has started every game um that he played for the Bengals but you know we'll we'll have to see what happens there you know I think at least a lot of those guys that that can play center you know have the versatility to also play guard receiver has to be uh, a concern Kelvin Benjamin is a free agent at the end of 2018 there are questions surrounding Zay Jones following the incident in L.A. Um, there's little depth behind him. Um, 31st ranked passing attack. You know, it really wasn't much of a uh, of an attack, really. Uh, LaShawn McCoy led the team with 59 receptions. Uh, Charles Clay, the tight end, uh, topped the team with 566, uh, 568 receiving yards. Top returning wideout was Zay Jones with just 27 receptions for 316 yards. You know, I think LSU's DJ Chark. You know, he's six three. Runs a 4-3-4-40, legit vertical threat, um, as is, you know, uh, Blitnikoff Award winner James uh, Washington, while Alan Lazard of, of Iowa State is a big body wide receiver in the mold of Juju Smith-Schuster if you're looking for, uh, you know, if you're looking for that. Um, I'm higher on Alan Lazard than a, than a lot of other people. I think he's a guy who could end up making plays at the next level. Uh, if you're looking for a savvy playmaker, how about uh, Anthony Miller of Memphis? or uh, Colorado State's Michael Gallup. I think they definitely are deserving of looks. They know how to get open, and they attack the ball when it's in the air. And two names to think about later, uh, Boise State's Cedric Wilson, Georgia's J- uh, Javon Wims, uh, both guys who are possession receivers. Um, they, they adjust to the ball well while they're in the air. They attack the ball, win a lot of the 50-50 balls. Um, two guys who I think are underrated. Uh, 
linebacker position, I've mentioned replacing Preston Brown is a priority in past episodes, whether that's with Leighton Vander Esch in round one, if they stay at 22, potentially Josie Jewell on day two, or even Micah Kaiser from Virginia as a day three pick. You know, the Bills just can't leave the draft without a Mike backer. Um, they also need to find an eventual replacement for Lorenzo Alexander. So I think uh, Jannard Avery of, of Memphis, there's, there's that name again. Um, he's someone that I think you can keep an eye on there. And finally, defensive tackle. Sarlo Tulele was brought in um, to, to take over a starting spot, but there's still depth, um, which is a concern. Uh, Kyle Williams is now 34 years of age, entering the final year of his deal. Look for the Bills to, to find a day three defensive tackle. Uh, Foley Fatukasi of, of UConn, I'm a big fan of his. Um, you know, I, I think he could be an option. And then UCF Bull De- uh, Deidre Sanat as a three technique uh, would be a nice fit as well. Um, you know, don't rule out uh, Bilal Nichols of Delaware. If Sean McDermott can light a finer under this guy and, and have him play with a consistent motor, I think he could des- definitely deserve a look uh, later on in the draft. Which finally leads us to the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Eight picks and uh, four in the first two rounds, also as a third. Um, so when you, when you look at that, you, know, you wonder, are they going to package picks? Are they going to try to trade up, get a quarterback to eventually replace Tom Brady? Well, you know, more likely, you know, you'd see Bill Belichick trade down than anything else. You know, I think the last time in, you know, in, in that they traded up for a pick, um, you know, especially in the first round, I think it was Gerard Mayo over a decade ago. I mean, it panned out pretty well for him, but uh, I just don't know that, you know, there are enough holes on the Patriots um, that uh, I could see Bill Belichick staying and, and and using all the picks that they've got. Uh, inside linebacker, you know, they've there's a definite need. 29th ranked defense, it has to be addressed. And I think inside linebacker is definitely a glaring need. Dante Hightower had a season-ending injury, so his recovery has to be a concern. Then uh, Kyle Van Noy and Alinda Roberts are, are the top linebackers competing for time as well. They need someone who can come in, make an impact. And uh, I think, you know, Rashawn Evans uh, of Alabama is a guy who can come in and he has the versatility to play both outside and in. Um, So I think he makes a lot of sense there at uh, the 23 pick. At 31, you could then replace Nate Solder, uh, who moved on to the Giants. You need a left tackle. Uh, Colton Miller out of UCLA, um, number 31 overall. Um, potentially, um, although I think he's going to get some late push, much like Lane Johnson. You know, I've said it before. Uh, Lane Johnson moved all the way up to the number four overall pick. I don't see him moving up that high, but uh, you know, I think he could end up being a top fifteen pick um, if somehow uh, the Bills end up trading with Cleveland uh, for that number four pick. Cleveland can move to number twelve and get Colton Miller to. Um, replace Joe Thomas. So he's someone who I think is moving up draft board. So keep an eye on Colton Miller. Um, but I think he'd be a great fit um, replacing Nate Solder. Uh, very much the same same player in a lot of respects. Um, quarterback, at some point you got to address it. Tom Brady's agents finally came out and said he will be back in 2018. Um, but after questions about whether you know he was committed to coming back, I think that's enough to make sure that the Pats, you know, seriously consider a quarterback early in the draft. You know, 
I don't think they're going to trade up for for Josh Rosen or or Lamar Jackson. I think Mason Rudolph of Oklahoma State would be a nice fit, most likely in round two. Although don't rule out them taking him in the first. Um, I think you know if they if they want to wait, um, yeah, and Rudolph's off the board, then I keep an eye on Richmond's Kyle Loletta. I think he's another intelligent quarterback. Um, it doesn't have quite the release of Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, I think. You know he's he's someone who's very intelligent, sees the field very well, and uh, you know makes a lot of makes a ton of plays. Running back, um, they have James White, Rex Burkhead, tremendous receivers out of the backfield. Jeremy Hill's trying to resurrect his career and challenge for playing time. I think the Pats would still uh, serve well to go with a, a power back in the draft. Georgia's Nick Chubb has tremendous lower body strength to run through contact. Also has the vision and cutback ability to make plays in space. Um, don't rule out Bar- uh, Bo Scarborough of Alabama, 6'1", 228 pounds, good power and speed. Not a mile, not a ton of mileage on his legs either. Something that uh, Bill Belichick could like. Um, he could be a fourth round pick. And if Belichick decides to take it back late, there's always uh, Troy's physical uh, runner uh, Jordan Chun potentially in the seventh round. Though uh, Mega Chun has to show that he can get past his injuries. Um, this is a team that, uh, you know, in the Patriots that had Ben Jarvis Green Ellis running the football for them. You know, and and uh, so, you know, they can fit just about anybody in there. Jordan Chun is a guy, like I said, he's physical and when he's healthy, he could be a, you know, a dynamic back um, between the tackles. Um, but I don't know how healthy he could really stay at the next level. And finally, Cornerback position, Stephon Gilmore, Jason McCourty, Eric Rowe. What they need is a slot corner uh, with some speed. Florida's Duke Dawson makes a lot of sense to me. Don't count out Nick Nelson of Wisconsin. Uh, He should be ready to go by training camp after the meniscus tear during an individual workout. I think he could be available on day three. Um, Someone that uh, I could definitely see Bill Belichick going after because of his ability to make some plays on the football though he has yet to record a single interception in his career. Uh, so that takes us to the NFC North, Chicago Bears. Seven total picks and only two in the first two rounds, or excuse me, yeah, two in the first two rounds um, and uh, none in the third. Uh, they need an offensive guard. Josh Sitton is gone. You know, there is a void at left guard. Um, and with all the action on quarterbacks at the top of the draft, it's not inconceivable that Quentin Nelson falls to them at number eight. I think he can give the Bears a, a physical presence up front and a day one starter could be penciled in for about a decade. I think the Bears could hold off on taking a guard because, you know, there is depth of the position. Um, some of the guards slide to day two. I think the Bears could take Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia at 39 overall. They need an inside linebacker. Um, as I've said before, according to NFL.com's Matt Harmon, the Bears ranked at the uh, bottom five in the league with just 193 run stuffs a season ago. And in pass coverage, they gave up the highest catch rate, uh, 80.8% in the league when a linebacker was the nearest defender. You know, that just not does not get it done. You know, If Roquan Smith is on the board, take him. Take him. Trust me. He's a top-rated linebacker by pro football football. Fo- fo- Pro Football Focus uh, against the past uh, in this year's draft has excellent in- instincts and range against the run. So to me, Roquan Smith is a no-brainer if he's sitting there at number eight, even if Quentin Nelson is there. 
edge rusher. I think they, they an edge rusher in the fourth makes a, a ton of sense. Someone who can not only get after the quarterback, but also set the edge against the run. Uh, Duke Edgia four of, of Wake Forest, Taekwon Lewis, uh, fit the bill early on day three. Uh, one intriguing player is Hercules Mataafa. Tons of production lining up all over the Wazoo D-line. Undersized to be a, a defensive lineman at the next level. But if he can play in space, he could be the guy as a mid-day three pick. And then finally, the cornerback position. Uh, the corners had a decent season. Um, and they have both of their starters, uh, Kyle Fuller and Prince of Mukamara, signed through at least 2020. But Bryce Callahan, Kevon LeBlanc, free agents at the end of the season. Adding another corner on day three is definitely an option. If they're looking in round five, they could snag uh, Virginia Tech's Greg Stroman, who has exceptional ball skills and could be a nice fit in the slot. And if you're looking late, then Southern's Danny, uh, Danny Johnson, another guy with, with exceptional ball skills. Um, so he could definitely be an option there for them as well. Green Bay Packers. So the Packers looking at uh, three picks in the, in the first three rounds. Um, then a, a ton of picks late, two-fourths, three-fifths, two-sixths, and two-sevenths. So, you know, a seven and nine record, third in the NFC North. You know the, the Packer fans, the Cheeseheads, are not going to be happy about that. So you can expect that they're going to be um, potentially packaging some picks, moving up in the draft um, right around day three. Um, keep an eye on, on that movement. But uh, I think they definitely need an edge rusher. Packer starters on the on the outside have been battling some injuries. Clay Matthews has, has racked up 80 sacks in his nine years with the Packers, but he's yet to record double-digit sacks since 2014. He's now 31 years of age, entering the final year of his contract. And then on the other side, fellow ex-Trojan Nick Perry has also battled injuries his entire career and has yet to play a full season in the six, uh, six seasons in the league, managed double-digit tackle can't even speak today. Uh, Double-digit sacks just once. Uh, that's 11 sacks in 2016. I think UTSA's Marcus Davenport, he schemed versatile, played both with his hand in the ground and in a two-point stance off the edge, though I think he was more effective as a stand-up pass rusher. The good news is uh, defensive coordinator Mike Pettin runs a hybrid scheme, can morph from a 3-4 to a 4-3 on a moment's notice. Um, so I think Davenport could definitely be a good fit there. Obviously, offensive tackle is is a is a need. Brian Balaga, you know, he he struggled to stay healthy. He's missed 30 games in the past six seasons. Uh, fractured his hip in 2012, tore an ACL in 2013, battled a high ankle sprain in 2017 before tearing his other knee uh, in November. He may not be ready to go to start the 2018 season. You know, so there's a really good chance that the number 14 pick could be used on Notre Dame's Mike McGlinchey. I think, you know, McGlinchey, um, you know, could be a day one starter at right tackle, um, you know, and uh, you know, really solidify, you know, that line up front protecting Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think Louisville's uh, drawn Christian, uh, Orlando Brown of Oklahoma, uh, Oregon's Tyrell Crosby are all day two picks um, on the right side. But you also have to remember the Packers snagged David Bakhtiari in round four out of Colorado. So don't rule out the physical Alex Kappa of Humboldt State on day three. And another intriguing person, you know, uh, or intriguing prospect is is Army offensive tackle Brett Toth. Uh, has two years of active duty, but he's someone who has potential on the right side. Um, could be one of those sixth or seventh round picks that Green Bay has late. Let him, you know, obviously he's got the the, the duty that he has to serve, but uh, he's somebody who I think has potential to stick. You know, Alejandro Villanueva was able to, to do it, um, and now he's a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Green Bay, 
you know, if you're looking for somebody down the road, keep an eye out for Brett Toth. Cornerback is another uh, another area of need. Uh, Kevin King drafted in the top of round two a season ago. He'll be starting opposite the aging Tremont Williams, who was brought back. You know, uh, Quentin Rollins, Devon House will be pushing for playing time as well, but I think another corner is expected. Uh, Louisville's uh, Jair Alexander could give them some out, uh, athleticism on the outside. Uh, Tavares McFadden would also be a, a guy who could be a third or fourth round pick, be physical, aggressive on the outside. Uh, receiver is definitely a concern. Jordy Nelson now in Oakland. You have Randall Cobb. You have Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, you've got Geronimo Allison and D'Angelo Yancey. They're going to be asked to be playing a larger role, but I think an infusion of speed is needed. You, know, you look at Deion Kane on, uh, from Clemson, can give him vertical speed in the third round. If they choose to go with the slot receiver, Deshaun Hamilton of Penn State is a polished route runner with a knack for getting open. And then a Kiki QT out of Texas, Texas Tech with his 4-4 speed could be another option a bit later. Um, and I don't be surprised if they use multiple picks on receivers. We saw that last year with the running back position, um, you know, with with uh, Jamal Williams and, and Aaron Jones. It could happen at the receiver position this year. Uh, defensive end, you know, it's definitely lacking depth. And while you know Muhammad Wilkerson was brought in, it's just a one-year deal, so he may not be in Green Bay long term. Um, could this be a spot for Ferris State's Zach Sealer? 26 and a half sacks, 50 and a half tackles for loss in his last two seasons with the Bulldogs. Excellent length. He could be a five technique coming off the board on day three. Detroit Lions, they've got six picks in the draft. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking for their number one um, spot, I think the edge rusher, you know, Matt Patricia puts a premium on edge rushers. Ziggy Ansah finished the year strong with 12 and a half sacks. Anthony Zettel shows from promise with another six and a half. Um, I think there's little production behind them. Kerry Hyder's coming off a torn Achilles. There are questions if he can return to his 2006 form that saw him register eight sacks. Uh, we know that Patricia runs that hybrid scheme, 4-3-3-4. Um, he's going to look for someone who can offer some versatility in that respect. Harold Landry out of Boston College, type of player who proved that he can play with his hand in the dirt um, and also has the athleticism to come off the edge as a, as a stand-up rusher. Uh, explodes off the ball using the, the sprinter speed, chops the offensive tackle's hands, 16 and a half sacks as a junior, struggled with that ankle injury as a, as a senior, but uh, one of the most explosive rushers in this draft. I think you got to take him at number 20. Running back position, running back by committee a season ago with Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick, Zach Zenner, finished last in the league in rushing offense. Uh, you know, LeGarrette Blunt was brought in as a power back that could temper drafting Darius Geis in round one. But with Blunt, Abdullah, Zenner set to be free agents at the end of the year, I think Ronald Jones of USC would make sense as an every down back in round two. Um, defensive tackle is another issue. Haloti Nata is gone. And while, you know, Sylvester Williams was brought in largely to play, you know, play behind Ashawn Robinson at the nose. I think a three technique is definitely needed. Taven Bryan could be in consideration in, in the first round out of Florida. Possibly Harrison Phillips or Stan, uh, of Stanford or B.J. Hill um, of NC State on day two. Maybe even uh, Bilal Nichols, Foley Fatukasi on day three. And then finally, offensive guard, center, um, you know, you, I think that interior line is a question. They moved on from Travis Swanson. Graham Glasgow is getting the first crack at center. Left guard's also concerned. Billy Price of Ohio State could be an option in the second round because of his versatility. Um, I think Frank Ragnow, Scott Questenberry have the versatility to play both positions as well. They could be uh, 
you know, late third, early fourth round picks as well. Uh, and then finally, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, eight total picks. Uh, line's got to be the biggest concern. Riley Reef, Pat Elfline, hold down the left tackle and, and center positions. Tom Compton, uh, Compton was brought into play one guard position, but Joe Berger retired. Do you move right tackle Mike, uh, Mike Remmers inside? You know, I think landing a lineman with versatility like Connor Williams uh, of Texas, who could play both inside and out, would be a great fit at 30. Another option would be to keep Remmers at right tackle and uh, take the physical and nasty uh, Will Hernandez. I think the UTEP minor would be a perfect fit on a, on a team that's led by Mike Zimmer. Uh, give them some nastiness and some attitude up front, protecting uh, Kirk Cousins. You know, that secondary, they need a slot corner, a third safety. Um, you know, obviously the they're, they're set it with their starters, but uh, you know, UNC's M- MJ Stewart has some versatility to play both positions. Could be a day two pick. Uh, corners later on could be Perry Nickerson out of Tulane, uh, Pittsburgh's Devontae Maddox, uh, Demontre uh, Wade out of Murray State, and then at the safety positions, I think Cameron Kelly who provides some length, uh, Jeremy Reeves who can play in the box, um, could be options at safety on day three. Running back position, obviously Dalvin Cook is their number one back. Uh, should be healthy for the season. Uh, Latavius Murray is a power runner, but having a change of pace back with receiving skills like uh, Naheem Hines out of uh, NC State, I think that uh, that'd be a nice fit in round three. You know, Hines began his Wolfpack career as as a wide receiver, so you know he'd be someone who you know would be they'd run plays designed to get him the ball out of the backfield, and then landing a tight end. As a receiving option to pair with Kyle Rudolph is needed. Um, you know, David Morgan, I think, is more of a blocking tight end. Uh, Chris Herndon out of Miami, uh, the, the Hurricanes, I think he could be a nice get on day three. Moving on to the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns. Two firsts and three seconds in the first two days. And uh, obviously, we've all talked about the quarterback, the biggest need, who's going to be the face of the franchise. Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, now everyone coming around to uh, what I've been saying in January, like I said before, Baker Mayfield, who's it going to be? Darnold, I think, is the safest pick. Uh, edge rusher, you know, not really, you know, and, and running back, not really the um, biggest needs for Cleveland. But I think if, if Bradley Chubb is sitting there, you know, and or Saquon Barkley, you know, with that number four overall pick, you take the best player on the board. You know, and Bradley Chubb, you pair him with Miles Garrett. Greg Williams would be ecstatic to get the top defensive prospect in each of the last two drafts, you know, and have them playing opposite each other on, on the defensive line. That'd just be wild. And then uh, at running back, Saquon Barkley, you know, best player arguably in this draft, um, you know, if he's there. Uh, but, you know, John Dorsey has you know, uh, a bit of a history with running back by committee in, in, in Kansas City. They have Carl's, uh, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson on the roster. I think Sony Michelle would be a great fit. Um, he could be this year's Alvin Kamara. You put him on that, uh, you know, as, a, as one of the two second-round picks. You could probably take him with the 33rd overall pick and uh, have yourself a nice uh, um, running back group there. Let's see, you know, the interior line set with Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, and uh, Kevin Zeitler, but I think the offensive tackle position kind of leaves something to be desired now that uh, Joe Thomas is gone. 
Um, you know, day two picks could be, you know, Orlando Brown of Oklahoma. Um, I think, you know, possibly as a right tackle. Um, and then former tight end Brian O'Neill of Pittsburgh could potentially play on the left side. Cornerback. Even after EJ Gaines was brought in as a free agent signing, the corner position is definitely an area of need. You know, you have Jamon Taylor, Brian uh, Body Calhoun. Yes, they're the starters. Travis Carey is going to be the nickel. They need another corner. Uh, Holton Hill out of Texas. Tremendous speed and size. There are some character concerns. Could drop him to day three. Um, you know, and then Isaac Yaedem um, could be a nice pickup out of out of Boston College. Has good size, six one. Um, could be a weapon um, as, as, a, as a corner there on the outside. And then finally, defensive tackle. You know, Travon Coley, Larry Ogunjobi, um, a couple of youngsters starting at defensive tackle, uh, and, and Caleb Brantley, uh, the former Florida Gators, is their backup. Uh, love all three of those guys. I think adding another defensive tackle is definitely in the cards. Uh, don't rule out Maurice Hurst of Michigan, who could fall to the top of day two. Um, I think Deidre Sonat would be a nice fit as a three technique. Uh, Tennessee's Khalil McKenzie, the son of, of Raider GM uh, Reggie McKenzie, I think would be an ath- um, be athletic along the interior of that line as well. Cincinnati Bengals, 11 picks in the draft. They've got a ton of picks. you know. So it makes you wonder what they're going to do. Are they going to package some picks up, move around a little bit in this draft? You know, offensive tackle, You know, they, they needed to make sure that Cordy Glenn was included in that Buffalo trade um, when they moved up to number 12, number 12. Um, but at, at 22, they can still land Connor Williams out of Texas who could fill in at, uh, at right tackle or also kick inside where there's also a need along the interior of the line. You know, they've got to get better up front. Uh, 3.6 yards per carry a season ago just won't cut it. You know, if you're looking for a guard uh, on the right side, Colby Gossett out of Appalachian State, I think he's somebody you could, that you could plug in there at right guard, be a, a starter early. Uh, tight end, you know, Tyler Eifert, you know, his health has been a major concern. Uh, finding another pass catching weapon who could uh, stretch the middle of the field. Um, it makes a lot of sense uh, on day two. Oklahoma's Mark Andrews, the reigning Mackey Award winner. Um, you know, he was a former receiver, 6'5, 250 uh, plus pounds, attacks the ball in the air. Not much of a blocker, but I don't think the, the Bengals will be asking him to do that much. Uh, linebacker, you know, I think there's a need for speed. Um, to quote, quote Top Gun, uh, at the linebacker position. Uh, Vontez Perfect is also facing a, a PED suspension. I think Texas linebacker Malik Jefferson plays a lot like Perfect, flying around to the football, not really having to think too much, just read and react. Um, you know, he's, he's just like Perfect, but without the package. I think he could be, definitely be a third-round pick for the Bengals. Uh, defensive end, you know, they, they need depth behind Carlos Dunlap and, and Michael Johnson. Uh, Florida State's Josh Sweat makes a lot of sense if the Bengals are comfortable with his knee. Um, you know, I, I think the, the the raw but explosive uh, Kimoko Ture out of uh, Rutgers could could be a potential pick there, either uh, late day two or early day three. And then finally, the quarterback position. You know, now that AJ McCarron is gone, um, you know they they need to find a young quarterback behind Andy Dalton, uh, Mike White of, of Western Kentucky prototypical pocket passer or Kurt Benkert of, of Virginia, a guy, you know, strong arm quarterback, kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, really the extremes. You'll either see an expertly accurate passer like you saw uh, against Miami in the first, first half of that game, 
or he can be a complete disaster. But I think those guys could be coming off the board potentially in the fifth or sixth round and be a backup uh, for Andy Dalton. Baltimore, eight picks. Looks like they've got one in each round with two in the sixth. Um, the 29th ranked uh, passing offense lacks some explosive plays. Finished at the bottom with just 29 pass plays of over 20 yards. Um, only one of three teams that have fewer than five plays of over 40 yards. Joe Flacco's on, under contract uh, until 2021, but he's 33 years of age. Um, I think right now, you know, it's safe to say he's not going anywhere just yet. Um, but they need to get him some help. You know, they they need to overhaul the receiving core. Um, you know, four of its top five receivers are gone from a year ago. Um, tight end Benjamin Watson, receivers Mike Wallace, Jeremy Macklin, and then uh, running back Danny Woodhead no longer on the team. And then the fifth leading receiver was uh, running back Javorius Allen. So, I mean, that's why you've already seen them go out and get Willie Sneed, Michael Crabtree, and John Brown to overhaul that receiving core. Uh, but could this also be the landing spot for Des Bryant to really give them the number one? Because I, I think they are lacking that number one receiver. Um, I think Des Bryant will make a lot of sense. Um, take some pressure off of off of Flacco. Um, as a potential go-to. Um, you know, but you know, there's also another. You know, do you take Calvin Ridley here? Um, there's a, another first rounder, uh, Rashad Perriman. He's been a bust to this point. You know, they just took him a couple of years ago. Um, would they get stage fright there? And and you know, I, I just don't see Ridley being the guy at 16, especially with all the guys that they brought in at the receiver position. I think Deion Kane uh, of Clemson could replace uh, Wallace as the vertical option. Colorado State's Michael Gallup looks like a, a Baltimore Raven. And I think he could be a nice possession receiver. He's a smart guy, smart receiver, knows how to get open, attacks the ball in the air, 50-50 balls, acrobatic catches. Um, I think he could definitely be a, an option for the, the Ravens later on in the draft. Offensive tackle, right tackle position is a concern now that uh, Austin Howard's gone. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, hey, he could be reunited with his fighting Irish teammate, Ronnie Stanley. Bookend tackles for Joe Flacco. Uh, that makes a lot of sense in round one if Mike McGlinchey is there. Like I said, he could be going off the board to the Packers. Inside linebacker is also going to be an issue. Um, you know, CJ Mosley is starting at once inside backer, but I think they're going to look for someone else to challenge um, Patrick Amuasor um, for, for the starting spot. You know, I think Virginia's Micah Kaiser would bring some attitude to the defense. He's a physical tackler downhill. Um, and then, you know, like I said, Flacco's 33 years of age. Production has been, uh, you know, taking a sharp decline. Marshall's Chase Litton um, would be a nice developmental guy in round five. He should have come back for his for a senior season, you know, with the Thundering Herd. But he's got uh, good size, arm, uh, arm strength, and uh, some athleticism. You know, I think he just needs some time to develop. And, uh, you know, playing behind a veteran like Joe Flacco, I think, would definitely help him. Which then takes us to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven total picks. Um, I think linebacker position is, is definitely an uh, area of concern. If Leighton Vander Esch or uh, Rashawn Evans were to fall to 28, jump at the ta- chance to take one of them. Um, but at the same time, don't reach for an inside backer. You know, you're not going to be able to really find one in round two. I think you can jump to outside backer um, in round two to, to challenge uh, Bud Dupree for playing time opposite T.J. Watt. Uh, Lorenzo Carter of Georgia has a lot of length and can cover a lot of ground in a hurry. I think if you are talking inside backer, Oren Burks of Vanderbilt. I, I like this kid. Um, 
good size, sub 4.6 speed, nice pick on uh, late in day two. Uh, Kenny Young of UCLA could be a good day three pick. I think he has range for days. Um, I think ultimately this first round pick at 28 is going to be a safety. Mike Mitchell's gone, and while Morgan Burnett was brought in, I think adding another safety like Justin Reed of, of Stanford makes a ton of sense. You know, Reed is, is versatile. He can cover cover guys out of the um, in the slot. You know, he can uh, play play center field. He can come up a little bit and run support as well. Uh, running back position. You know what? Long term future of Le'Veon Bell is still up in the air. Another running back makes sense. Uh, James Conner was brought in to take pressure off Bell. You know, I, I think we could see Mark Walton. Uh, out of Miami, a good change of pace back, uh, you know, here as a, as a potential pick. Uh, and then the receiver position. And Martavis Bryant set to be a free agent at the end of the season. So I think they do need another receiver to go with uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. Here's a name for you. Javon Wims out of Georgia. Uh, underrated wideout. Good size. Decent speed. Pretty reliable hands. Excellent separation late. Um, and, uh, you know, especially on routes down the field adjust uh, well to the ball in the air, someone to keep an eye on. Um, and then at quarterback, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, I've been saying this a lot. He's 36, which is four years older than any other player on the roster. Uh, I can see Kyle Oletta out of Richmond in round three. Um, you know, possibly, you know, maybe Riley Ferguson of Memphis late, probably a sixth, seventh round pick if they, if they went with Riley. So let's move on to the end, uh, NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seven picks. Um, I, I think running back is their number one need offensively. With Jameis Winston at quarterback, a good receiving core led by Mike Evans. O.J. Howard's at tight end, but Doug Martin's gone. Can they get Saquon Barkley? Is there any way that they can trade up and get him? Is there any way he's going to fall to number seven? Not likely at all. But Darius Geis or Sonny Michelle at the top of round two is doable. They can still get that running back. Um... They have a solid front seven. They were very active in the offseason. Uh, they got JPP from the Giants. Uh, Vinny Curry and Bo Allen um, are, are also up front, a team with uh, Gerald McCoy and Noah Spence. They're set at linebacker. They've got a good trio going there. But Tampa finished last in the in pass defense a season ago. And the only returning cornerback to pick off a pass was Brett Grimes with three. Uh, but Grimes is 34 years of age, entering the last year of his contract. I think adding the top corner in Ohio State's def- uh, Denzel Ward is the likely pick. Um, however, you know, safety, the TJ Ward experience or ex- uh, experiment really didn't work out at the safety position. Um, while I, I think, you know, Justin Evans does look like uh, a prom- like he has a promising future as a starter, I think the duo of Chris Conti and, and Keith Tandy is in need of an upgrade at this point. So going after in-state product Derwin James of Florida State to give them the back end of the defense uh, a physical presence, um, you know that it's lacking would make some sense. Um, but I think you know what you're probably going to see is uh, you know on day three you could still go with Godwin Igwe Wike uh, uh, out of uh, Northwestern or Virginia's uh, Quinn Blanding. I think they could also offer a physical presence on, as well on the back end of the defense. So I think you go corner early, you can get safety late. Um, they do need a guard opposite uh, Ali Marpet. Uh, there's a chance Quentin Nelson is around at number seven. Would be tempting, but uh, Virginia Tech's Wyatt Teller uh, is a very, very strong guard at the point of attack. Just a really strong physical guy, and he could be around on day three. It would be a nice pick. 
Um, so I mentioned that uh, they did a lot of work on the defensive line, but I think depth is a need um, late. Two names to keep an eye out for, Justin Jones of, of NC State, you know, a, a guy who can get up the field a little bit. Kendrick Norton of Miami, big space eater guy, um, could offer some depth up front late. Carolina Panthers, another team with seven picks. Corner is definitely a major concern. Um, you know, Daryl Worley, James Bradbury, Kevon Seymour, Captain Munderland. I've already talked about the pro football focus rankings that finished them, you know, really at the bottom. Worley's gone. Ross Cockrell was brought in to provide depth. I think Carolina's still trying to add depth. They, you know, they tried to bring in Brashad Breeland, but he failed his physical. Um, you know, they know they're playing in a, in a division with um, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston. You're going to see them all um, twice a year. So I, I think, you know, Mike Hughes from UCF could start right away. You know, very good, good eyes instincts um, runs the route for the receiver gets over the top quite a bit can pin the receiver to the sideline um, and then BC's Isaac uh, yeah Adam um, will be getting a look on day three day two or day three receiver position um, you know I think the Panthers have yet to find a replacement for Kelvin Benjamin it's the number one option for Cam, uh, for Cam Newton on the outside uh, production at the receiver position was really scarce you know you looked at, at Devin Funches Finished second on the team with 63 receptions, but it was actually rookie uh, running back Christian McCaffrey who actually led the team with 80 receptions. Tight end Ed Dixon finished third with 30. So the second leading receiver was actually Russell Shepard with just 17 receptions. Uh, you know, Carolina does get uh, Curtis Samuel back from injury. They signed veterans Torrey Smith and Jarius Wright to provide some depth, but they're still lacking that number one wideout. I think DJ Chark of LSU, the size and speed, give him a chance to be that guy especially considering you know, 6'3 with 4'3", 4' speed. Uh, I think he could be a better pro than he was a college player, largely because LSU was a run-first offense. Uh, guard and center are going to be an issue. Uh, Andrew Norwell left for Jacksonville. Ryan Khalil uh, announced that he's going to retire at the end of the season. Plus, his brother Matt uh, has been a major disappointment at left tackle. You know, I think a player with some versatility is definitely necessary. Uh, Mississippi State's Martinez Rankin um, has the feet to line up at tackle, but uh, he doesn't have ideal length, so the best spot may be at, at center. You could even line up in, uh, in place of Norwell and then slide over and place Khalil at season's end. Um, speaking of the tackle position, you know, take a look at, at Desmond Harrison of West, uh, West Georgia. He's raw, but he has some tools to work with. And remember Julian Davenport, Coming out of Bucknell a season ago, he wound up starting by season's end. So you know I wouldn't rule that you know rule them out as a as a possibility there. And then defensive end, you know Julius Peppers is back, but he's nearing the end of his career. A young defensive end like Sam Hubbard out of Ohio State would be a nice get on day two. Ade Aruna of uh, Tulane is raw, but he's an exceptional athlete with great length. I think he could be a sleeper on day three. Um, so that rounds out uh, the Carolina Panther picks. Um, Atlanta Falcons, they have seven picks, uh, three in the first three rounds. A defensive tackle, I think, has to be the number one concern. Dontari Poe is gone, so there's a void next to Grady Jarrett. I think the Falcons use the first-round pick on a, on a D-tackle. That's likely going to be Taven Bryan out of Florida. Um, at receiver, you know, Julio Jones is a superstar, and uh, Mohamed Sanu is a serviceable starter. But I think adding a vertical threat on the outside – Allow Sanu to, to line in, uh, slide inside to the slot where I think he'd be more effective. 
Um, Blitnikoff winner, uh, Oklahoma State's uh, James Washington uh, can separate deep. Um, I think that would open things up um, for for Jones, Sanu, and then tight end Austin Hooper. Let's see, offensive guard. You know, I think there's an issue there. Um, Brandon Fusco was signed to take over one guard spot. Andy Levitri is starting at left guard, uh, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I think depth's also a concern at the position. Auburn's Braden Smith. You know, this guy is a physical freak. Um, I think he can give the line some verse, uh, some physicality if he can just keep his pad level low. If, if the Falcons just can just get that pad level low, Smith's power and quickness will make him a quality starter. Um, so I mentioned Hooper earlier. I think there's a need for another uh, tight end. Uh, Levine Toilolo, uh, no longer on the roster. Uh, Durham Smythe of Notre Dame. Washington's Will Disley could garner some attention later on in the draft. And then, uh, you know, the fullback position. They're lacking a fullback. A fullback. Uh, they're lacking a fullback. Um, Dimitri Flowers out of Oklahoma can block and catch the ball out of the backfield. San Diego State's Nick Bodden, you know, blocked for Danelle Pumphrey and then um, Rashad Penny. You know, that's pretty good credentials. I think, you know, if you're just looking for a pure fullback, he might actually be your guy. Um, so those are some options later on in the draft. New Orleans Saints, they've got eight picks, only two in the first uh, first two days. Um, you know, if you look at the receiver and tight end positions, you know, Michael Thomas is a bona fide star, uh, Ted Ginn Jr., legitimate vertical threat, but he's 32 years of age. So he's aging just a bit. And outside of the starting receivers, the team really lacked playmakers at the receiver position because it was really Alvin Kamara and, uh, you know, Mark Ingram, who are actually the team's second and third leading receivers. Um, you know, each, each of, of, of those four Thomas, Ginn, um, Kamara, and uh, Ingram uh, had over 50 receptions apiece. You know, the next closest receiving target was Brandon Coleman, who's now a free agent. Um, I think Maryland's DJ Moore ran a 4-4-240, could be a legitimate vertical threat. You know, I think he would garner some consideration. But really, it's a lack of that tight end position. You know, the trio of, of Colby Fleener, Josh Hill, and Michael Ho'omanawanui, they finished the season combined. You know, I mentioned this before. 44 receptions, 472 yards, four touchdowns. You know, they need more production out of the tight end position. Um, you know, you can't have your running backs you know, uh, hauling in 139 passes. You know, you need to get some some help. Um, I, I think the, the the guy to really keep an eye on is Mike Gesicki out of Penn State. You know, the there, there's a void that was left when when Jimmy Graham took off after the 2014 season. Um, I think Gesicki is the most comparable athlete in this draft class. Ran a 4 5 40, uh, 41-inch vertical leap. Just looks the part. Looks a lot like Jimmy Graham. They didn't ask Jimmy Graham to block, you know. So, um, you know, Mike Kosicki, you know, um, can breathe a, a, a sigh of relief there. I think he could actually be a first-round pick given his athleticism. Defensive end, um, you know, Breland Speaks is a guy I think that could give the Saints some depth at DN with Cameron Jordan and allow Sheldon Rankins to slide back to defensive tackle. I think he's a sleeper who could be around on, uh, uh, on round three. Um, and, you know, there's obviously a need for the quarterback position. Drew Brees signed a two-year deal to groom his replacement. Um, I think Kyle Aletta could be at the top of day three and make a lot of sense. Um, Chase Litton offers some, some mobility in the pocket as well. And I'll throw another name out late. Uh, Logan Woodside, I think he's underrated. You know, he's 6'1", you know, but he has good mobility, throws a nice deep ball. Threw for a ton of yards. 
Um, you know, Logan Woodside of Toledo, someone who, you know, isn't going to, you know, produce anything that's eye popping from a um, measurable standpoint or, you know, in any of the workouts, but he's a guy who just made plays for the Rockets. AFC South, Indianapolis Colts, nine picks. You know, they had their first round pick um, at, at uh, number six, three second round picks. GM Chris Ballard may not be done, you know, collecting picks and trading back. Uh, if there's a quarterback that's still on the board at number six, expect Indy to, to take that call and potentially trade down. Um, you know, you could use those three round picks, uh, those three second round picks to trade up or just use those to really shore up both of the lines. I think Quentin Nelson of Notre Dame can address that line that I said earlier, was uh, gave up 56 sacks a season ago. Uh, in round two, uh, Quentin Nelson, Nate Hairston, uh, Kenny Moore, all unproven at corner. And if uh, Colorado's Isaiah Oliver were to fall to day two, Colts should uh, really snatch up that, that 6-1 corner who can play on the outside. Another second-round pick could be used on another wideouts pair with T.Y. Uh, Hilton. You know, if DJ Moore is there on day two, um, you can't teach speed. 4-4-2-40, you know, he could be a good uh, vertical weapon for them. The pass rush, you know, only 25 sacks a season ago. Um, you know, Sam Hubbard could definitely be an option on uh, round two. And uh, in round three, I think they really need a presence at outside linebacker. They're transitioning to a 4-3 defense, which means I think they're going to use the draft to overhaul some personnel to fit their scheme. Darius Leonard out of uh, South Carolina State. You know, he's instinctive, sideline to sideline range, racked up some impressive, impressive tackle numbers. Um, I think he's somebody, you know, who uh, you know, before the end of day two is going to be picked, and I think he'd be a nice nice add there for, for the Colts. He's versatile to play both inside and out, um, but I think, you know, he's probably someone that I can see the Colts lining up at outside linebacker, and he's someone who could probably start early. Houston Texans, no picks in the first two rounds. They have three in the third. Uh, they're going to need a tight end to replace C.J. Fedorowicz. I think Ian Thomas out of Indiana um, gives them a receiving threat, has good length, ability to catch the ball down the field, and uh, he's also physical in the as a blocker in the running game. You know, at offensive tackle, um, Chantrell Henderson is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Um, they could look for a right tackle option. And I think uh, Juco Corafor from West Virginia, or excuse me, from Western Michigan, makes a ton of sense. And then the cornerback position, I think they need a slot corner. Uh, Florida's Duke Dawson, Kansas State's DJ Reed are going to be some options there. Um, either end of um, day two or more than likely probably mid day three. Um, defensive end, I think there's depth that's needed, especially with the, the long term health of JJ Watt. You know, this is a guy who just can't stay healthy. Um, I mentioned Breland Speaks. I think he'd be a, a definite five technique and, uh, you know, would offer some explosiveness off the ball. Um, I think my, uh, Miami's Chad Thomas is another guy, 6'6", 281, definitely be a, a five technique. And, uh, you know, hopefully J.J. Watt can help him with some of his pass rush moves because he's someone who, like I said earlier, you know, um, in an earlier episode, he's someone who was always around the ball. But he wasn't always the guy that was actually making plays on the ball. And then finally, safety. You've got Tyron Matthew at strong safety, but I think the free safety position could be could be addressed. And uh, they could look in-state to Texas Longhorn Jr. Deshaun uh, Elliott has excellent range and ball skills. 
I think that makes a ton of sense. Tennessee Titans, six picks. Um, you know, looks like they've got one in each round with the exception of the seventh. You know, I think an inside linebacker, either Leighton Vander Esch or, or Rashawn Evans, would be nice to pair with Wesley Woodyard uh, replacing Avery Williamson. Um, if they're both off the board, you know, transitioning to a zone blocking scheme could mean uh, a need to, to address the offensive line and change up personnel. You know, center Ben Jones and, and right guard uh, Quentin Spain could be expendable as a result. I think Iowa's James Daniels is a technician, versatile enough to play on um, along all over that interior line. At uh, outside linebacker, um, you know, they, they need a pass rusher behind Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan, both of whom are going to be free agents at the end of the season. Uh, USC's Uchenna Nwosu had uh, uh, 10 sacks, 13 pass breakups coming off the edge. I think he would do just fine there in the second round. And then uh, defensive end, you know, five technique, uh, depth up front. Could this be where Chad Thomas goes? Possibly even uh, RJ Mac- McIntosh of Miami played a three technique for, for Miami but uh, he could definitely be a, a five technique at the next level. And then finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Six picks. Uh, looks like they're just missing a fifth rounder. Uh, they need to replace Paul Puzlesny in the middle. You know, he retired. Josie Jewell, Micah Kaiser, Darius Leonard, Jonard Avery, all possible day two targets. Here's another name to think about. Jawan Bentley of Purdue. He's a day three thumper. And uh, if Nick DeLuca of North Dakota State can stay healthy, he could also be in play on day three. Uh, obviously, the number one wideout is needed now that Allen Robinson is gone. Uh, Marquise Lee, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook don't have the size to be a number one wideout. And Dante Moncrief um, just uh, hasn't had any production. I think Cortland Sutton um, of SMU makes a ton of sense. You know, He's 6'3", 218 pounds, excellent size, uh, great hands, attacks the ball in the air. He's a long strider with underrated speed. Um, and can create separation late uh, down the field. Um, I think he'd be a great pick there for the Jaguars late in the first round if he's there. Offensive tackle, they do need a swing tackle who could line up at, uh, at right tackle. I think uh, Jerron Christian, I keep mentioning him, but he's a guy who uh, could be a day two pick. He's played both uh, left and right tackle um, for Louisville, sometimes in the same game. Excellent length as well. Uh, tight end position is another area of need, um, even with the additions of Austin Safarian Jenkins and Niles Paul. Uh, day one could be Hayden Hurst, um, but a guy on day three could be Jordan Thomas of Mississippi State. 6'5", 265 pounds, ran a 4'7", 4'40", at the combine, improved to a 4'6", 9", uh, on his pro day. Um, won't have to make an impact right away, but I think he definitely has potential Um the Bulldogs lined him all up all over the line, even uh, split him out a little bit. You know, a big guy like that out on the perimeter, um, you know, it was kind of fun to watch. All right, we're getting to the West, so we're just about done. Uh, NFC West first, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, nine total picks. You know, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, I like what they're doing out there in the Bay Area. You know, they've got the quarterback, Jimmy G, undefeated as a starting quarterback. So let's see what uh, what they might do with their picks. I think the secondary absolutely has questions. Akella Witherspoon is a sleeper, um, and I think he's definitely a, a keeper at one as one starter. Uh, Richard Seymour brought in from Seattle, coming off a of torn Achilles. Um, you know, when you're when you're getting to his age, 
can you be the same guy, you know, with a torn Achilles? That's a, that's a huge question mark. You know, I think that means that Jimmy Ward is likely going to be sliding over to, to play cornerback. Um, you know, I think Minka Fitzpatrick out of Alabama, he's someone who could play corner in a pinch, um, but can play all over the field, both in the box and as a center fielder at safety. Um, so I think he's the guy at number nine. Don't rule out Denzel Ward if he's on the board because they do need a cornerback uh, as well. Um, if corner isn't the option at nine, then I think they can go after Quentin Meeks from Stanford by the end of day two. Um, big corner can be physical on the outside. Um, you know, their offensive line is getting better. You know, they traded for center Weston Richburg, uh, Jonathan Cooper, Lakin uh, Tomlinson, Joshua Garnett, battle for the starting offensive guard positions, which will make Niner fans forget about Zane Beatles. Um, Joe Staley, pro bowler at left tackle, but uh, will Trent Brown be healthy following a shoulder surgery that put him on IR? He's also a free, free agent at the end of the season. I've got Tyrell Crosby of Oregon coming um, to uh, to the Bay Area. Not the best athlete, but incredibly strong, powerful lower body, uh, can definitely be effective as a right tackle, especially in the running game at the next level. Receiver position, you know, Pierre Garcon, Marquise Goodwin, top wideout targets for Jimmy G. I think Anthony Miller of Memphis is a model of consistency, exceptional hands. He's a savvy route runner, knows how to get open. Um, I think he'd be a favorite target of Jimmy G early. Um, and then an edge rusher, you know, 26th in the in the league in sacks. Dorrance Armstrong out of Kansas uh, could be one of their uh, their two third round picks. If they wait till day three to address the position, then you're looking at Marquise Haynes out of Mississippi. Uh, maybe Jeff Holland of Auburn, Duke Ejiofuro of Wake Forest. I think those are all options as well. Arizona Cardinals, they've got eight picks. Um, four of those, obviously, in the first two days. Um, quarterbacks has to be the number one need. You know, the question is going to be, do they trade up for Josh Rosen? Can they wait for Lamar Jackson to fall to 15? Do they have to trade up above the Bills to land him? Really, you know, the, the quarterback position is going to make uh, make this draft a lot of fun. Um, you know, and look, you know, Sam Bradford, Mike Lennon, they're just not going to cut it as a long-term option. They need a quarterback that they can develop. Um, quarterbacks also need targets to throw the ball to. You know, if you look at the receiver position, Larry Fitzgerald, Chad Williams, and J.J. Nelson are your top receivers. Um, now that uh, John Brown and uh, Jerron Brown are gone, you know, I think they go after Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, James Washington. Um, you know, I think they probably use two of their their three day two picks uh, on wide receivers. You know, Michael Gallup, Dante Pettis of Washington could be third round possibilities. At defensive end, you know, I think they need some depth here at uh, at defensive end. And the guy that I I've really um, really enjoyed watching since the combine is Nathan Shepard out of Fort Hayes State. Didn't really know a whole lot about the guy, but he showed up. Definitely looked the part. Very lean, 6'5", 315 pounds. Very agile. Um, showed you know a ton of power as well. A third of his 38 tackles went for loss. Um, you know I went and tried to find as much tape as I could on him. Um, he's definitely a sleeper and a guy who I think, you know, despite being 6'5 and 315, could be a five technique at the next level. Uh, Christian Campbell, I think, is a good press corner who could fill uh, fill a need opposite Patrick Peterson. Uh, Brandon Williams is still growing as a corner there. Uh, Tony Brown of Alabama, Grant Haley of Penn State could be veteran defensive backs that they could take late. 
Seattle. They've got eight picks, um, only one in the first two days, um, which is their number 18 overall. And then they have four fifth round picks. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those. Um, you know, I think the Legion of Boom is is, is done for. So they, they really need to figure out what they're going to do at the cornerback position. Uh, Shaquille Griffin is going to be uh, a starter at one corner. I think the other one is going to be Josh Jackson out of Iowa, playmaker on the outside with good size. Um, Seattle's going to need a tight end now that Jimmy Graham is gone. Um, I think they will probably need to trade into day two to land one of the better receiving options, though. Uh, D-line help is needed now that Michael Bennett is gone. Um, you know, if they're staying with all their day three picks, I think uh, Marcel Frazier of Missouri, Justin Lawler of SMU, relentless in pursuit of the quarterback, could be day three picks, very productive at the collegiate level. I think they could help with the pass rush. Um, linebacker position could use some help. Ohio State's Jerome Baker um, has a lot of range, but, uh, you know, he, he's somebody who could go as high as the second round, but as, as low as the fifth round. I think he's one of those guys, you're really not sure exactly where he's going to come off the board, which then leads us to the LA Rams. You know, they win the NFC West. They wind up trading away um, some assets, but they bring in um, Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib get a couple of pro bowlers at, uh, at corner and they bring in uh, and Dominican Sue uh, to be the anchor of that, that defensive line that also has obviously uh, the best defensive player in the league and Aaron Donald and then Michael Brockers. Um, scary, scary stuff. But you look at the linebacker position and uh, they traded away uh, Alec, uh, Alec Ogletree and Robert Quinn, uh, Connor Barwin on the outside, still a free agent, um, which leaves really, you know, Mark Barron as their only only inside backer, uh, really the only starter at linebacker. Um, so, you know, I think if, if the season were st- to start today, their starters on the outside would be Samson Ekebon and, and um, Matt Longacre. But you know, again, when you've got Sue Donald and Brockers out there, um, you know, it, it could be uh, you know a, a scary proposition. What I'm thinking is the Rams need some speed on the outside. Shaquem Griffin of UCF. One of the most explosive players in the draft. Yes, you know he, um, you know, lost his, his left hand due to a prenatal condition. Never stopped him from being named, you know, first team All Athletic um, American Athletic Conference. Uh, the last two seasons was the Conference Defensive Player of the Year in 2016. So I don't want to hear anything about you know that being a liability for him because you know he's he's made plays. Um, you know, 18 and a half sacks in, in his uh, last two seasons. 4-3-8-40 time was the fastest ever by a linebacker at the Combine. Despite being undersized, you know, he beats offensive tackles with his speed and uh, uh, flexibility. Off the edge, this guy's like he shot out of a cannon. And if you figure, you know, uh, the likes of Donald, Brockers, and uh, Sue are occupying multiple blockers, he's got a chance to go one-on-one and probably beat quite a few um tackles on the outside so then the next question is is do the Rams go with a similar similar inside linebacker like Mark Barron go with a hybrid linebacker safety type like Fred Warner out of BYU do they go Jannard Avery out of Memphis um, who lines up at all linebacker positions I think T. Gray Scales could potentially come in you know plays both the run and the pass he'd be a nice fit at inside linebacker Um, a backup for Todd Gurley is definitely needed I like Rock Thomas uh, of uh, Jacksonville State. 
um, you know, transferred in, you know, he's, he's underrated. I think he's got good vision, cutback ability, nice burst. Kalen Bellage and Justin Jackson would be good receiving options. Um, Josh Adams of Notre Dame, big power back, um, kind of a, a downhill runner, much like, uh, like Todd Gurley in a lot of respects. Um, the center position, you know, John Sullivan, 32 years of age, you know, could we see Frank Ragnell of Arkansas if he falls to day three? Um, you know, I, I think another, you know, I think he's probably going to be a, um, a day two pick. So I, I think the more likely scenario is you see someone like, like Mason Cole of Michigan or Scott Questenberry of UCLA. Um, you know, they offer some versatility to play other positions and then can slide to that center position when, uh, when Sullivan moves on. And then some other linebackers late because, you know, they're lacking depth at the linebacker position. Leon Jacobs of Wisconsin, a uh, tremendous athlete with a ton of range. And uh, Jordan's Davin Bell, uh, Bellamy, um, who has some good length and can rush the passer. I think they'd offer some depth. Which takes us to our final division, uh, the AFC West. Denver Broncos, seven picks uh, in, in the draft. Uh, they got two fourths and two fifths. Um, quarterback, running back, defensive end. You know, that's really, you know, those are going to be the three options at uh, the number five overall pick. If Saquon Barkley or Bradley Chubb were to fall, you have to you have to figure, you know, C.J. Anderson was cut. So if there's a chance to land Saquon Barkley, I think John Elway pulls the trigger. Um, you know, he's got Case Keenum at quarterback. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it, if you, you know, I, I don't see him passing on taking Barkley. Same goes with Bradley Chubb, the best defensive player in this draft. Um, you pair him with Vaughn Miller, um, you know, coming off the edge. I think that'd be a scary, uh, scary sight for, for a quarterback. Um, you know, the end of the 2017 campaign without a long-term answer at the quarterback position, they brought in Case Keenum, gave him a two-year deal. Um, you know, Keenum, you know, we all know he engineered the, the NC, uh, NFC championship berth for the Vikings. Um, you know, it, it may have allowed the Broncos to address one of their other needs, but, uh, you know, the Broncos have been meeting with all the, all the top quarterback prospects, um, you know, and, and Keenum, you know, last season, you know, he had a career year. Can we really expect him to do that again? Um, you know, I, I just don't see him playing at that level uh, year in and year out. Um, you know, Denver obviously being linked to Wyoming's uh, Josh Allen, Oklahoma's Baker Mayfield, and uh, really why not? You know, John Elway spent time at Wyoming's bowl game to watch Allen and uh, got to see both Allen and Mayfield up close. Um, with the personal coaching for the North squad and the senior bowl. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, what you're probably going to see, um, unless, you know, if Allen goes number one, there's a chance that the Jets um, could take Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold could end up being the fifth overall pick. It's really going to be interesting to see what happens, um, you know, with, uh, with what Denver's going to be doing. Um, Derek Wolf, you know, he's healthy following offseason neck surgery. There's still depth that's needed at the defensive end position. I think Rasheem Green at a USC, 6'5", 275 pounds. I think he's an ascending prospect. He just continues to get better and better each season. He's a junior. I think he can play five technique and uh, show some good good size, length, and uh, you know, good combination of power and quickness. Uh, starting receivers uh, are Demarius Thomas and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they'll be under contract for the next two seasons. But uh, Cody Latimer, 
now with the Giants. Benny Fowler still a free agent, which essentially leaves Jordan Taylor as the team's number three receiver. So clearly a receiver is definitely needed. I think Denver would be okay waiting until the third round. Um, and if they're able to land Deion Kane, who's Clemson's latest wideout with big play potential, I think that would make a ton of sense. And I mentioned the running back position. You know, I, I said Denver has needs in the backfield. They also have needs at tight end as well because Vir, uh, Virgil Green is gone. Um, they have an opportunity to take Jalen Samuels. You know, I think he's a versatile weapon, can address multiple needs all at once. Um, you know, he was kind of the Swiss Army knife on the offense for the Wolfpack. Lined up at running back, fullback, H-back, tight end, offered production, you know, both on the ground and the receiving game. Uh, carried the ball um, 182 times for 1,100 yards, 28 touchdowns, and caught the ball, you know, tw- uh, 201 passes, uh, eight, 800, or excuse me, 1,851 yards, 19 touchdowns, very versatile weapon. Um, be interesting to see if, if the Broncos look look for uh, for Jalen Samuels. I think he might be a nice fit for them. Which takes us to the Oakland Raiders, another team with 11 picks. Um, you know, most of those picks are uh, on day three. They've got two fifth rounders and four sixth rounders. Going to be interesting to see what they do with all those sixth rounders. But uh, I think they need an athletic outside linebacker with range. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds of uh, of Virginia Tech makes a ton of sense. Could they kick him inside? Maybe. Um, But I think if you put him at outside linebacker, I think he'll still be able to have a ton of range to really cover the field, the sideline, and the sideline. At defensive tackle, I think they really need someone to be disruptive inside. Um, And I'll I'll give you a name who has a chance to be a future star. I think he's... he's, uh, been kind of holding out, uh, but PJ PJ Hall of Sam Houston State, 86 tackles for loss, 42 sacks, nine forced fumbles. Pair him with Khalil Mack and see what happens. You know, if you get somebody like that who's very disruptive off the middle, that's going to open up a lot of things for Khalil Mack on the outside. Cornerback, um, you know, Garyon Conley, Rashawn Melvin, uh, Nickelback, Sharice uh, Wright, already on the roster. I think you get a couple of big corners and you know, potentially, uh, you know. Carlton Davis of Auburn, Tavares McFadden of Florida State could potentially make a ton of sense. If you want a speed guy that you could potentially either kick into the slot um, or potentially on the outside, you could look at uh, Anthony Averett out of uh, Alabama. You know, that receiver position, you know, they, they do have Amari Cooper, brought in Jordy Nelson. I think depth is definitely needed. Um, Cedric Wilson and uh, of Boise State, and then the 6'5", uh, Jaleel Scott out of New Mexico State who has a flair for the acrobatic and uh, the one-handed catches, um, along with uh, SMU's Trey Quinn, will be solid possession receivers on day three. Um, you know, one name, you know, a couple of names to look out for. Raiders love their speed. Um, UCF's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's 6'4", 206 pounds. Uh, I think he became a late option, you know, in, in the draft um, after running a 4-3-7-40 with that size. You know, Jester Wea out of Pittsburgh, 6'2", 211, inconsistent hands, but he ran a 4-4-3-40. Equinemia St. Brown, 6'5", 214 pounds, ran a 4-4-8-40. All those guys, big-bodied receivers who can be vertical threats. Um, I can see the, the Raiders using two of those picks um, you know, on, as additional weapons for Derek Carr. The safety position needs to be addressed. Uh, you know, Reggie Nelson's 34 years of age, entering the final year, final year of his deal. I think a free free safety like Jesse Bates out of Wake Forest playing center field would be a nice replacement. Um, 
right tackle. You know, Vidal uh, Alexander's penciled in at right tackle, but I think if you bring in someone like Ohio State's Jamarco Jones, um, he can provide some depth and compete for a starting spot early. Got two teams to go. Bear with me. Uh, the the Los Angeles Chargers still feels weird saying that, um, but they've got seven picks, one in each round. I think uh, the the nose tackle position, you know, they they've got uh, you know dynamic pass rushers in Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, but uh, the interior line is going to need help. Brandon Meebane, thirty three years of age, entering the final year of his deal. Defensive tackle Corey Legette. Lined up primarily as a three technique. Uh, he's being suspended for the first four games for violation of the NFL's um, policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Deron Payne out of Alabama. He played nose tackle for the Crimson Tide in the 3-4, but I think he does offer some traits to also slide over at three technique, which could make him the obvious choice for the bolts there in the middle of their defense. Uh, offensive tackles, I think it's another addre- uh, issue to address. Um, they're going to be looking to a, for an immediate upgrade at right tackle. Um, should look for someone who can eventually slide over for Russell Okung. Um, Okung will be 31 when the season begins, under contract for two more seasons. Um, I think Jerron Christian, I've been talking about him um, you know, throughout this entire podcast, three-year starter for the Cardinals, experience on um, both offensive tackle positions. And like I said, he did, he did flip both sides during the game, which is hard to do. Um, so I think his versatility would, would make a ton of sense for the Chargers. They could even take him in round two. Um, and then the safety position, the Chargers have a hole at the safety. Um, should be addressed at some point on day two. Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama has the the size and the speed uh, to be a perfect fit at the next level for them. Um, you know, he's somebody who's going to come in and uh, be very physical on the back end of the defense, um, but has the athleticism to uh, to line up a little bit and, and play some coverage. Quarterbacks. You know, I think they do have to take a look at a quarterback right now. They just have Phillip Rivers and Cardell Jones on the roster. Um, I think this is where you could also see Chase Litton come off the board as a backup, probably in the fifth round. Um, you know, he's someone who I think could uh, could fit in well behind uh, Phillip Rivers. And then finally, Kansas City Chiefs. Eight total picks. Um you know, they have a, no first rounders, but they have, uh, you know, they do have a second and two thirds. Um, you know, I, I think the pick at, at 54, you know, that's their first pick. The Chiefs are going to be looking for a space eater in the middle. Uh, Benny Logan's gone. Um, I think Tim Settle out of Virginia Tech, you know, has athleticism for, for a, a big guy. You know, he's, he's 326 pounds, um, you know, moves very well, can dominate the point of attack. Um, you know, he can take on double teams and then drive them back into the backfield. I think he's somebody who can help the team's uh, 25th ranked run defense. You know, I think you also look at the defensive end position. You know, Chris Jones, Alan Bailey, established starters. Um, but Bailey, uh, Raheem Nunez, uh, Roches, and uh, Jarvis Jenkins are all set to become free agents at the end of the year. I think defensive end has to be an area of focus in the draft. Uh, Deshaun Hand, elite size and length for the defensive end position, uh, generated a lot of buzz coming out of the 2017 season, but uh, I, I don't think the production met, uh, really matched the hype, and uh, I think that's why he's going to fall to the third round, but I think he'd be a definite uh, upgrade uh, for the Chiefs you know, who are looking to shore up their run defense a little bit. And then outside linebacker, 
Justin Houston was still a force off the edge. Nine and a half sacks, despite not getting a whole lot of help on the outside. Uh, D Ford, largely ineffective. Tom Bali was battling a knee injury, failed to register a single sack and got cut. Um, you know, Ford is a free agent at the end of the 2018 season, which, you know, I think this would be a perfect fit for Dorrance Armstrong. Um, you know, KC might be able to get him in round three. They may want to package a couple of those later picks and possibly sneak up into, into round two to get him. Um, corner, you know, playmakers needed now that Marcus Peters is gone. Uh, keep an eye on Perry Nickerson out of Tulane, 16 career interceptions, uh, six foot. Um, so good, good height, good length. Um, you know, I think at 180 pounds, he's going to get pushed around a little bit, but again, He's a playmaker who can get get his hands on the football. You know, and I think if you look at the guard position, I think there's some depth that's needed there as well. Colby Gossett, uh, Appalachian State, Sam Jones out of Arizona State, Skylar Phillips of uh, Idaho State, and uh, Sean Welch out of uh, Iowa would definitely provide some depth up front. So we made it through. All 28 remaining teams. You know, we ran a little bit long. Looks like we're going about 90 minutes here for, for this final uh, podcast before uh, we hit draft day. And, uh, you know, that's okay. You know, I wanted to make sure that we got through all of our, our projections in terms of, of team needs and who I thought might be some decent fits for those programs um, or those organizations. Um, so there will be one final podcast it'll be the morning of the nfl draft really just kind of recapping everything talk about some of my picks some of the trades to be uh to keep an eye out for so uh you know if you want to uh have a little podcast to listen to leading up to the draft get some of that excitement building um you know because the draft will be prime time if you want to listen to it in the morning uh, maybe for a morning jog or an afternoon at the gym um, you know, maybe you're uh, at lunch and uh, you know you're, you need something to listen to. Tune into the the final Ready for the Draft podcast. It'll be episode seven, kind of breaking down, summarizing everything, getting you all ready to go for the NFL draft. Um, you know, I think my time is up, but uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast series. I know I've definitely had a ton of fun bringing this to you. And, uh, you know, this is just the 2018 series. You know, we're going to be looking at uh, the 2018 football season here coming up. And, uh, you know, I'll have a a new series that will be coming out. Um, I want to try to get at least one episode coming out to you each month in preparation for the season. And then uh, we'll see what happens as the season begins. I want to try to go ahead and get uh, a weekly podcast series going for the 2018 football season. But uh, like I said... Be on the lookout for episode seven. We'll be breaking down, uh, getting you set for the NFL draft. Until then, again, this is Greg Schutz for Ready for the Draft. Please visit readyforthedraft.com. Hope you all have a great day. I'm out.